Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, and a very good afternoon to you. It is Judaism 101.9 here on High FM, coming to you live from the studio in Johannesburg. And what a beautiful day it is today. Seems like summer came really early this year, but also giving us this uh, sort of reminder of the fact that Rosh Hashanah is just around the corner. And yes, we had a longer year than usual. This was a leap year. We had an extra month of Adar. And so the Yamim Tovim were actually falling a little bit later than usual. Um, kind of end of September, early October um, is uh, the schedule for this year, where if you would look at back at the calendar last year, mid-September was already well into the throes of the Yom Tov. Um, and so we are kind of uh, given a little bit of uh, breathing space, but not much, because this coming weekend, we herald the arrival of the month of Elul. Yes, believe it or not, Shabbos and Sunday are the two days of Rosh Chodesh Elul. On Shabbat, of course, all the facets of Shabbat and Rosh Chodesh come into play, and uh, we'll speak about that a little bit later, but... On Sunday, we begin the sounding of the shofar. Now, if that doesn't put shivers in your spine and the fear of uh, the pending Yomim Tovim into you, I don't know what will, but um, it's really, really close. It's so close, as I've often expressed before, that it's now in close touching distance. I've also told you before, and I think that we've discussed this um, several times before, but just to remind you that... Somehow the blueprint for just about everything that we have in our daily lives and that we discuss here on Judaism 101.9 has its foundation in the desert, in the time that the Jewish people spent in the desert. Now, you may say, well, of course everything has their foundation in the desert because that's when the Torah was given and everything came from Mount Sinai, and you would be 100% correct. But there were certain patterns of time that um, are fascinating if we look back at them and we think about how the DNA of Jewish history and the DNA of our um, Jewish behaviors from day to day, from year to year, from uh, decade to decade, the blueprint of them all and the DNA of them all was actually in those 40 years that we spent in the desert. And a fine example of that actually is played out when it comes to Rosh Chodesh Elul. Because let me take you back a little bit and then we'll move forward. If we go back to 80 days before Rosh Chodesh Elul, we would be at the Chag, at the festival of Shavuot. The festival of Shavuot, we know, celebrates the time that Moshe Rabbeinu, that Moses ascended the mountain for the first time. Remember, the Ten Commandments had been uh, given. The Jewish people had heard the whole Torah. He ascended the mountain in order to get all the uh, minutiae and the little uh, details and uh, the uh, different uh, laws and so on that were all, every, everything that was going to ever come into existence about Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu Moses had to go up the mountain in order to get that. And he told the people he was going to be away for 40 days and 40 nights. We know that he left the next day. And uh, when he didn't return 40 days later, the date was the 16th of Tammuz. And on the 16th of Tammuz, Moshe Rabbeinu Moses hadn't shown up and they expected him back on that day. He was only really due to come back the next day. 
And the next day when he did come back, he beheld a sight too frightening, too awesome, too terrible uh, for anybody to have seen. He saw the Jewish people or a large uh, sector of the Jewish people worshipping a golden calf. They had made a calf. They had set it up in the midst of the camp. They were dancing around it. They were celebrating and pointing at it in um, defiance of everything that had gone before them and of God himself and of Moshe Rabbeinu and of Aaron And they said, this is the God that took us out of Egypt. And with that, we were then destined to not actually receive all those details from Moshe from the, of the Torah at that moment. We were destined then to uh, spend a long time in the desert. God, in fact, wanted to destroy the Jewish people. And Moshe Rabbeinu, the leader that he was, decided that um, he wasn't going to allow God to take the Jewish people out, so to speak. He was going to ascend the mountain again and plead with God to have Rachmanus, for God to have mercy. He ascends again and spends another 40 days and 40 nights up in the mountain, Returning um, kind of around about the next couple of days, he comes back at the end of that period of time and he tells the people, listen, God has accepted our pleas. He is going to enable me to go up again and spend 40 days and 40 nights once again up on the mountain. And it's going to be a case of, uh, I guess, almost third time lucky or third time successful. I'm going to be up there and I'm going to come back down and I'm going to come back down um, on Yom Kippur. But I'm leaving, he told them, on Rosh Chodesh Elul, on the first of Elul, I'm going to leave. And I want you to make sure that you don't make the same mistake again. So you're going to sound the shofar. You're going to blow the shofar to alert everybody. Set off an alarm. Make Everybody aware of the fact that today is the day that I'm leaving and now is the time to set your stopwatches. Now is the time to get all your ducks in a row, to get everything in line for the final descent when I'm going to come down and I'm going to bring you the Torah and everything will have been forgiven and we will actually have it back um, exactly the way that it should have been pristine as it should have been in the first place. And that is going to be on Yom Kippur. So there were three periods of 40 days. There was the 40 days from... Shavuot till the 17th of Tammuz. There was the 40 days from the 17th of Tammuz to Rosh Chodesh, which comes up on this coming Shabbat and Sunday. And then there's 40 days from this coming Sunday until Yom Kippur. And that is the period of time emblazoned on our national psyche, on our DNA of the Jewish people from way back when, when we were in the desert um, all those years ago. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. We're continuing with our um, talk about the pending month of Elul, the month of Elul that is coming very, very soon. And, of course, it's um, history from the time that we were in the desert. But the month of Elul, of course, more than anything else, is the month of a return of repentance, of getting ourselves ready and prepared for the coming high holidays. Remember that um, in one month's time from Rosh Chodesh Elul, it will be Rosh Hashanah. So Elul in the cycle of the year is the last month of the year, although if you take a look at it, it's actually the sixth month on the calendar from Pesach. So, that having been said, let's think about what we need to do and how we need to get our house in order, our uh, lives all sorted and everything ready and prepared for the coming 
Rosh Hashanah. How do we do that, and what is this month of Elul all about? Strangely enough, this is a month about which a tremendous amount is written in uh, Jewish liturgy and in our uh, holy books about the various different kind of interpretations or um, 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 fields that this month of Elul actually incorporates. Now, you may have heard some of them. You may have heard people talking about the fact that it's in the month of Elul that the king is in the field. You may have to- heard people talking about that the month of Elul is a sign or a time where God shows his special love for us, and it's based on the words, Ani dodi vadodi li. Or you may have heard simply that it is a time where we literally need to cram for our finals. You remember how they always used to speak about if you haven't started uh, studying by, uh, I don't know what it was, we came from Pretoria. By the time the jacarandas came out, you know, you kind of may as well not start studying. Um, just think about studying next year because um, it's a little too late. You remember all of those things that people said. Well, the month of Elul has a little bit of that flavor. It is crunch time. It is uh, D-date. It is um, the time of um, really, really preparing and knowing that we have one month to go and then it is Rosh Hashanah. So what does the Torah actually say? What do our holy books actually say? What does Shulchan Aruch, the code of Jewish law, actually say about Elul? Interestingly enough, it says a lot. It says a lot about various different practices during this month, which we'll get to a little bit later on. But it also talks about just the general headspace, the mind space, the place where we actually need to be in our emotional state during this month. And it's actually captured, interestingly enough, in a few different ways that the month of Elul is spelt out for us, similar to what we mentioned before, the Anila Dodi Vadodili. So we'll go through them. The most commonly known is Anila Dodi Vadodili. So we're told that that means we know that it is a quote from Torah, from the Shira Shirim, which means Anila Dodi, I am to my beloved, Vadodi Li, and my beloved is to me. There are other ways that this month is spelled out, and we use the acrostics of the uh, name of the month, Elul, um, rhyming them or timing them or uh, synchronizing them with certain psukim, with certain verses in the Torah. For instance, we have another one that says, Ina leyado v'samti lecha. Here we're talking about a facet of um, Torah's systems of uh, reward, punishment, um, sentencing, uh, justice system, and it has a certain phrase that says, Ina liyadov samtilacha. We're talking about the fact that people have inadvertently done something wrong, so it just happened. The uh, X um, fell out of their hand. The accident happened to them. And God says, I have placed for you a place of refuge, a place you can go to to gain refuge. We're told that this also adds up to Elul. Ina leyado v'samtilacha. Or we have one that is quoted actually in the book of Esther, in the Megillat Esther, that says, Ish l're'ehu u'matanot le'evyonim, where we're talking about the various practices, strangely enough, of the festival of Purim, the Chag of Purim, 
we're told that we need to hear the Megillah read, read and we're told that we need to um, have a Su'udat Purim, a festive meal, and we're also told then that we need to give Mishloach Manot, and we're told that we need to give Matanot Le'evyonim, we need to give gifts to the poor. And if we take four words from those instructions, they read, Ish L'Ra'eyu, where we're talking about each man to his friend, umatanot la'evyonim, and gifts to the poor. And strangely enough, that also spells Elul. Now, this is not just thumbsuck stuff, because this is taken by our sages to really describe what this month of Elul is all about. So how can it be, or what is it that we're focusing on when we talk about ina le'yado v'samti Let's begin with that one. We talk about Ina Liyado Vesamtilacha is um, they accidentally something came into my path. I did something inadvertently um, incorrect. I sinned. I slipped up. And we are all fallible. We're all guilty of having uh, crossed the line sometimes. We think intentionally, but most times unintentionally. We didn't mean to rebel. We didn't mean to object to God's laws. We didn't mean to think that we were uh, better, more brilliant, cleverer than God. Um, we did all of these things inadvertently. It was accidental. And therefore, Hashem says, you would... Uh, be considered as a person who did something inadvertently. Now, inadvertent sinners, especially when it came to really, really heavy crimes, were um, instructed that they needed to go in ancient Israel to a place called a city of refuge. It was a place where they not only would dwell, um, but where they were protected. They were protected from those who may have wanted to harm them, to hurt them, to get back at them for what they had done wrong. So there was a protection system for the unintentional sinner. There was also the idea of rehabilitation. Now, you may ask, why do we need rehabilitation if we did something unintentional? Well, truly, it may have appeared to be unintentional, but somewhere the blemish, the tarnish, the fact that you are a sinner that you've done something wrong actually remains with the, with the individual and that needs to be removed and therefore there were rehab, rehab programs, there were rehabilitation programs run by the priests in these various cities of refuge in order to um, exonerate, in order to purify, in order to cleanse, in order to bring back to the beautiful, wonderful, pristine uh, neshama um, as it should be and all of this happened through the process of the cities of refuge. Now we're told, if we think about it, that this is what this month of Elul is really all about. Um, when the king is in the field, when there is an opportunity to approach God um, in a much more open fashion, perhaps, than we have been able to up until now in this year, we have the opportunity to literally come clean. We have the opportunity to go into a protective Shell, we have the opportunity to go into the time of this month to spend some time in the other um, pronounced city of refuge of today, which is words of the Torah, to study more Torah, to do more mitzvot, to be more involved in that kind of a realm and in that kind of a, 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 a framework. And during that period of time, to gain the rehabilitation and to gain the exoneration and to gain the cleansing that we hope and we pray we'll be able to get so that we can arrive at Rosh Hashanah purified, cleansed, having gone through this process of 
rectification, of purification, of fixing all the things that needed to be fixed during this time. And so in Al-Yado, Vesamti Lecha is a very, very good representation of what this month of Elul is all about. What about Ani Ledodi Vedodi Li? Well, there is a second realm. A second realm of um, what this month is all about is kind of getting back to where we should be in our relationship with God. Now, we fully understand that um, there are times when we drift a little bit. There are times when um, the world gets the better of us, when our Yetzirah, our evil inclination, gets the better of us. There are times when we put a little bit too much distance between ourselves and God. We uh, recognize that God perhaps does all the big and wonderful miracles on our behalf, as he did when we got out of Egypt, when we crossed the Red Sea, when we received the Torah. But we perhaps take for granted the fact that um, we have flowing water, the fact that we have air to breathe, the fact that we have a beautiful world in which to live, that there are people around who want to do good, and um, we sometimes take for granted what we actually have um, right under our noses and the things that God does for us. And so we put a little bit of a distance. We become a bit estranged from God Almighty, and this is an opportunity to get back to where we should be in that relationship. And the Anila Dodi Dodi Li is, of course, from the Ode to the love poem um, between God and the Jewish people about how we need to be for each other. God serves us. We need to serve him. God is close to us. We need to be close to him. God loves us. We need to love him. And with that, we embroider upon and we um, uh, really, really um, magnify our uh, relationship with the Almighty. We bring ourselves closer. And how do we do this? We do this perhaps through our channels of prayer. When we pray a little bit more, when we get into the uh, notions and the, the means and the ways that um, Torah and Judaism have spelled out for us, to be in contact with God, to speak to God, for God to have an opportunity and a channel through which we communicate with him and he can communicate with us. And we call that our prayer services. And we do that at Shachrit in the morning and we do that at Mincha in the afternoon and at Mairiv in the evening. And in fact... One of the things that we do during this month is we add to our saying of psalms and we increase the psalms that we say. And, of course, Chabad has a very, very proud and beautiful program, particularly focused around this time um, on the saying of psalms and a beautiful program um, that is being rolled out as we speak to all the schools and all the school children in um, uh, our a beautiful city in our community and around the country to make sure that children get the opportunity to say psalms and that they too are part of this wave of reconnecting, of getting a little closer to the Almighty, of making God a little closer to us and ensuring that we say our psalms as a representation of all the other prayers, but that we pray at all times and that we connect at all times with God and with this channel of connection, this channel of communication, that we bring about a fundamental change in our world, that we sway things for the good, that we make the world a much better place. All of this is part of the program of Elul. Anila Dodi Vedodi Li. Yes, every day. An extra psalm is added in our prayer services. Um, psalm 27 is said. Um, some say it morning and evening. Some say it morning and afternoon. But be that as it may, it is said twice a day. And we try and add even to that, that we say 
extra Tehillim, extra Psalms for the duration of the month of Elul and then even into the early days of the month of Tishrei. And there, is a whole, there are all sorts of schedules about the saying of these extra prayers, which you'll find at the back of your books of Psalms or at the back of your Sidurim and so on. And if not, ask your rabbi, ask your rabbits and ask somebody who may know a little bit more about that. And that is Anila Dodi, Vododi Li, embroidering upon and um, really making good on our um, interaction with God and with God with us. I am to my beloved as my beloved is to me. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. And welcome back. We're talking about the practices and the headspace of the month of Elul and there is a third dimension, and the third dimension is that we mentioned before, taken, as we said, strangely enough, from the book of Esther, from the Megillat Esther, story of Purim, where we are told about the interactions with other people and the interactions particularly with the poor. And therefore, it is a time of charity. It is a time when we are connecting with others in a charitable fashion. Now, this doesn't mean a pitiful fashion. It doesn't mean pitying people. It doesn't mean looking down upon them. And it certainly doesn't mean that we can only do this in a way whereby we are handing out money or food or anything else like that. But we talk about the concept of tzedakah, of doing right with other people, of doing righteousness, of making sure that our relationships are correct with our uh, fellow men, with our uh, people that we engage with on a regular basis or those that we engage with on an occasional basis, and also ensuring that we're doing good things for other people, that we're doing charitable deeds, kind deeds, that we're spreading goodness and kindness and so on, that is all part and parcel of this period of time. Now, if we think about it, we are actually talking about three different dimensions. We're talking about, let's call it the horizontal dimension. Let's talk about the dimension of um, horizontal, between yourself and God, between God and you. We're talking about up to Shamayim and back down. We need to work on that relationship. We're talking about then what we will call the um, um, the vertical the vertical dimension, sorry, I mixed them up, okay, vertical, up and down, horizontal, between man and man, the horizontal dimension between us and our fellow men, vertical dimension between ourselves and God. And then, of course, there is the inner dimension of working on yourself, your own tshuva, your own repentance. If we think about it, that is really what this month of Elul is all about in a nutshell, about working on yourself, about working on your relationship with God, and about working on your relationship with others. If we can get some of them right, we will be going a long way and a far way to making this month of Elul all the more worthwhile and really, really utilizing the precious moments that we have during this month to uh, come clean, to get back to where we should be, to, re to return to the spot, to the position that God Almighty would want us to be in and that we need to be in come Rosh Hashanah in just a few weeks' time. So what are the practices during this month? Well, we mentioned one of them. One of the practices <coughs> is the fact that the shofar is sounded. From the beginning of Elul, from Sunday morning, we sound the shofar every day, except, of course, on Shabbat, and except for the day before Rosh Hashanah when it is not sounded. And it's sounded usually after the morning service, but can be heard at any time, I guess, throughout the day, if you haven't heard it in the morning, the sounding of the shofar, and there is something significant about listening, about hearing. 
you know, <clears throat> we need to become better listeners. We need to hear what people are telling us. We need to hear what God is telling us. We need to hear the messages from around us. We need to hear those things. And so pause for a moment. Stop with all the um, talk and stop with all the um, interactions. Just listen. Just hear it. And let's hear the sounds of the shofar um, as we need to do during this coming month, in the month of Elul. It'll help with those three dimensions, with our relationship with the Almighty, our relationship with our fellow men, and of course, with our tshuva, with our relationship with ourselves. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. So over Shabbat and Sunday, we celebrate the arrival of the brand new month of Elul. We come to the end of this month of Av, and we go into the month of Elul. And it's a month of preparation. And during that time of preparation, we hear the sounding of the shofar daily from Sunday, except for Shabbat and the day before Rosh Hashanah. We are in a, fra- in a, in a phase of mind, in a phase of our lives, where we are doing teshuva, where we're doing repentance, where we're repenting, where we're thinking about other people, and where we're thinking about our relationship with the Almighty, we say extra psalms, we say extra tehillim, and we generally should be focused on putting ourselves into the frame of mind of uh, that would stand us in good stead for the coming Yomim Noiroim, for the coming Yomim Tehillim, the special days of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and everything that comes with it in the month of Tishrei. So hopefully we'll have a great Shabbat up ahead, a wonderful Chodesh up ahead, and be able to get ourselves into that right frame of mind. And I look forward to being back with you same time, same place next week on Judaism 101.9.